0: All right. Today we are going to continue our apps uh, series. Um, anybody have anybody like that that came over for the holidays? Um, but that's uh, a reference to greed in ourselves. I want. I want to start today. Um, if you're visiting, I'm Jack Jack Cohen, um, and I'm going to be talking to you for the next several minutes. Um, we've been in the middle. This is kind of like the middle toward the you know. This after today, it'll be we'll be past the halfway point of our. Um, Apps for Life series, and we started, I just kind of want to go back, and, um, and we, we talked about the first week, when I introduced it, we talked about jealousy, last week we talked about anger, today I want to talk about greed, um, next week I'm planning on busyness, but I promise I will have scripture references from Ravens, okay, I'll have to search for 49ers, um, but uh, we'll have that, um, I will touch on some of that, so be here, but next week we're going to talk about busyness. Busyness, um, and then the last week uh, I'm planning on talking about depression. Okay, an app for depression, uh, and so um, we're going to talk about that. I've enjoyed doing this series and, and working on it because when I work on a series like this, it works on me. Um, if anybody's like me, um, that's what happens. So uh, these are kind of like where we where we've been and where we're headed, and. Um, as we begin this series today, I want to ask you a question how many and just just you know kind of hanging in there how many of you have ever bought exercise equipment? okay, how many of you have ever joined a health club? okay How many of you have ever bought a book on dieting or looked at something like that? okay now one of the interesting things about that is when you do that, you immediately feel healthier don 't you like when you put on like the sweatpants, and the, if you're really big, like the spandex, you know, you put that on, you feel healthy because you read, you, even if you just underline something in the book, you know, you, you immediately feel healthy. Or when you pay that money to go ahead and be part of a health club, you're like, yes, I feel good. Or you bring that treadmill home that later becomes a clothes rack. Uh, you know, you feel hel- you feel a little bit healthier, don't you? just a little bit, you know, you feel like, okay, um, I've at least made that commitment to spend money, and now I feel healthy. Um, And when we look at this, when we buy those new shoes, new running shoes that we may never run with, but when we buy them immediately, we feel healthier. Now let me ask you another question. Were you healthier? No. The answer to that is simple. It's no. Um, in our series, this is kind of the same thing, you know, and it's what we see every week going on in churches and uh, places all around the world. People gather, they listen, they get inspired, and they f- kind of feel spiritually healthier. You know what I mean? Whew. You know, that was, you, you have the two things. Man, Who that was really preaching to me, or whoo, that was a good sermon, and then, but if we don't do anything with it, this whole series about apps, which is short for what? Applications. If we don't apply it to our lives then we're not going to be spiritually health, healthier. So this is what this whole series is about. We can listen to all the inspiration we want, and it makes no difference unless we apply what we've learned okay? or and heard. So, but there is the good news. There is an app for that, and it's in this. It's God's App Store, the Bible. Remember we talked about that, God's App Store. You can go ahead, Lisa. and um, God's App Store, you can take a look at, at that. Whatever it may be, there is an app for that. So to, um, today I want to talk about greed. I'm going to talk a little bit about greed, and I really didn't want to, but I did, because one of the things that we find out is greed is one of those things that is impossible, impossible to see in a mirror. You know, I, in all my years of ministry and counseling, I have never had somebody sit down with me and say, "The problem is I'm just too greedy." I've never had somebody say. I've had people say, in in counseling, marriage counseling, they're just really angry. They're they're jealous. They're all this, but I've never had somebody come and sit down and say, you know, the problem is he or she is too too, uh, too greedy, too greedy. They want too much stuff. No, it's it's tough to see. And what's funny is in many of our lives, we're like, who's he's going to talk about greed? I'm not greedy. And I felt the same thing when I was putting this together. And then I thought, yeah, maybe there are some areas that we have this. So look, let's look at this. And, and before we do, I want to share a couple things. How many of you like M&M's? Anybody like M&M's? Is there anybody who does not like M&M's? What is wrong with you? <laughs> uh, yeah, I know. What's wrong with you? M&M's. M&M's are awesome, aren't they? Now, if I gave this to someone I said, have, have, have some M&M's. How many of you would pull out one and just eat it? I saw one diet plan years ago that said, if you want an M&M, instead of reaching in and taking them, take one and put it in your mouth. I'm like, what planet do you live on? You know what I mean? Yeah, right. How many of you could just put one of these in your mouth and be satisfied? No, if they have the bowl M&Ms, what do we do? We're like that guy up there. You know, got to have them. We don't care what color they are because when we chew them up, it's going to be some other kind of color, right? But M and M's, we can't just eat one of them. We can't just. Oh, I'm satisfied. Get, some people can. Okay, you don't like chocolate. You just don't like M and M's. We, we got to talk. We, peanut M and M's. Okay, if I had them, and Miguel made me buy these. So okay, so you would eat the whole bag. See, there we go. So we all have those. What about popcorn? Who likes popcorn? Anybody not like popcorn? Okay. Something going on in that family there, okay? Um, but here we go. Popcorn. When you eat popcorn, how do you eat it? How many of you, like, if we're in a movie theater, and it's my family, we have this big, gigantic tub of bucket. You know the, you know it's bad when they call it a tub of popcorn. And you're passing it around. And, what do you, and in order, so everybody gets it, we put the napkins in front of us, and we go, you know? It's like there's machines that grab cars and plop in there, and we have all this kind of stuff. I have one friend who drives me crazy. He's one of my best friends in the world. He drives me crazy. He eats popcorn one piece at a time. I'm like, what is your problem? i like, Does any, how many of you eat one piece at a time? Really? You, you guys are weird. There's a lot of weird eating people here. But what I'm saying is, not many of us would eat one kernel of popcorn and go, I am so satisfied. That's all I need. If, if We would just reach in and scoop. And, eat. and you know, greed was a problem in the early church. The Apostle Paul said that when they came together to have communion, they would have a meal before, and the people would go and say, you know what, we're, they, during the day they'd say, I'm not going to fix lunch, I'm not going to fix dinner, because guess what, we're going we're gonna to go and have the Lord's Supper, and they got a big meal there, so I'll just pig out there. And what happened was, there were so many people, they filled their plates, and then the people at the end of the line got nothing. And Paul said, if you're hungry, stay home. That they were dealing with an issue of greed in the early church. And I started looking at this and saying, how much do we deal with greed in our lives? As I said, it's impossible to see. So what I want to do is I want to do just like I've done for the last several weeks. I want to look at some symptoms of greed. We've looked at symptoms of jealousy and symptoms of anger. So this week we're going to look at symptoms of greed. And again, I want you to resist saying, oh my gosh, I wish my mom was here. Or, oh my gosh, I wish that boss of mine was here. I I want you to really begin to look at yourself. Before you start texting somebody and say, hurry up and get to church, they're talking about love, and they come in and they talk about greed, and you're like, I got them. I want you to go ahead and really begin to look at the mirror in this sermon um, and begin to check, because we can't apply anything to anyone else in life, but we we often are last to apply things to our lives. So here we go. Here's the first symptoms. The first symptoms, symptom is, my time is my time. My time is my time. And this is one of the first symptoms of greed. One of the interesting things in life is, the only thing, and a lot of times when we talk about greed, we talk, we think money. But I want to I unpack this in other areas of our lives today, and we will t- touch a little bit on finance, but mostly I want to talk about this. Time is the only thing on earth that everybody has the same amount of. Did you realize that? Everybody has different everything else except for time. Um, We have different amounts of friends. None of us have the same amount of friends. None of us have the same amount of cars. None of us have the same amount of family incomes. And as I look around the room, same amount of hair. Right? None of us all have the same amount of anything, but we do have the same amount of time. It is interesting that we have the same amount of time. And a greedy person will often say this. You ready for what a greedy person says? A greedy person will look at somebody else and say, I just don't know how they have time to do that. Okay? And now we're going to all going into our minds saying, "Oh, I've said that before. Uh, haven't we? Um, they'll say, I just don't know how they have time to do this or time to do that. Yet they have the same amount of time as we do. One of the things, but, but the truth of the matter is, they just choose to distribute their time differently than we do. We all have the same amount of, last time I checked, God had another day or another hour, and they choose to distribute their time now right now we're all going in our heads yeah but yeah but wait i have yep yeah but i have this um what can easily happen to us to you and me is we can get so greedy for our time that we want to keep it for ourselves and we want to keep it for ourselves now next week i'm going to really unpack busyness and we're going to talk about that which is the other side that we just stay so busy because of other issues in our lives but today i just want to say that there are times that we we do that so that's one symptoms one symptom of that is that um, we can actually get really greedy with our time. The second thing that we say that often happens from the earliest ages... is, my stuff is my stuff. Say that with me. Okay. Uh, and My stuff. Um, you know what's really interesting? Uh, we're, we're a bunch of greedy monkeys. Now you may say, what, what am I talking about? Um, anybody ever tried to catch a monkey? Nobody? Okay. All right. Well, in countries... In order to catch little rhesus monkeys and other monkeys, it's a bigger coconut, one that's a lot bigger than this. But what they will do is they will cut a hole in and, in both ends and they'll pull a, a rope in, they'll tie a knot in one end and they'll pull it tight and they'll tie it to a tree. Then on the other end, they'll leave like a little hole, just like about a little bit bigger than a golf ball and they'll pack it full of fruit and all kinds of things. And then what will happen is they'll just leave it laying around. Does everybody understand? Hole, rope, tied to a tree, little hole here, packed with fruit. So the little monkeys will come up, and they'll go, hmm, smells good, and they'll throw their hand in, and they'll grab something and make a fist. When they make a fist, they can't pull it out. Now, it would be easy for them to get away if they'd let go, but they don't. They want their stuff. And they hold on to it, and they'll be like, and I found a video on YouTube where a guy did it with like a little hill, and poked it in there, and this monkey's going, and he's like putting a little collar around him, ties him to a tree. He was caught because he wouldn't release his stuff. And often, a greedy person is no different than a greedy little monkey. We got something, and I'm not letting go. It's my stuff, and so they hold on, even to the detriment of being caught. That you'll, you'll have these situations. So my stuff. Is my stuff? As we uh, as we look more, it's hard to let go of our stuff when we're greedy. Um, if you are a greedy p- person, what I found out is, if you're a greedy person, I'm going to tell you, you don't own stuff. Your stuff owns you, just like the monkeys. You hold on to it, and we're going to we're going to unpack all this. In this culture, I tell you, it's difficult to release the fist, isn't it? In this culture that we live in today. The last symptom is my money is my money. We have problems letting go of money. And one of the things is because we always are comparing ourselves with people who have more. Um, Comparison perpetuates greed in mind in your life. And when we we look at comparison, comparison is gasoline for the fire of greed. When we compare. And uh, again, there was a study that was done of Olympic... Um, people who were in the Olympics, primarily um, Olympics. There we go. Um, And what the question was, MIT did the study and said, who is the happiest, particularly of Olympic medalists? Who is the happiest? Now, I'm going to ask you, who's the happiest of Olympic medalists? The gold, obviously. It's not a trick question. It's just, it makes sense. Gold medal winners are the happiest people because they, why? They won, exactly. Now, who is the second happiest? No, the bronze. And what they found out through the study is that the bronze medalists compare themselves down and say, whew, at least I got a medal. I'm excited. If I, when I compare myself down, they didn't get anything. The silver feel are not as happy because they say, if I was just a bit quicker, if I was a little bit faster, if I was a little bit more accurate, I would have had the gold. So they are actually unhappy. I'll never forget, I think it was in, um, it was either ice skating or gymnastics one year where a girl got beat and she was standing there with a silver medal and was mad. And the bronze is like, woo, you know, I got something. You know, I wasn't even supposed to. And the gold, of course, was elated. And when we look at this, There's a lot of that in us, not only in metals. If I had just had that, I'd be content. If I had a little bit more money, if I was like them. And what our money keeps telling us is keep looking at others who have more than you do and think how happy you'd be if you had that, is what it says. I mean, has anybody ever said, if I just had this, I would? Of course. And and we've all had those, those moments in our lives. What, what the problem is, is we live in a dream, if I had, then. And what we find out is we rarely compare ourselves down in our society. We always compare ourselves up. Rarely do we ever look and say, my gosh, I have this, I'm comparing myself down to this, and I'm thankful that I'm here. We rarely live bronze metal lives. We often live silver metal lives. In, in our existence. So what does Jesus have to say about this? We, we want to unpack and find out what Jesus has to say. Luke chapter 12, verse 15. It'll be up here. It's also in your bulletin. Luke 12, um, chapter 12, verse 15, right here. And here's what Jesus says. Then he said to them, watch out. Be on guard against all kinds of greed. Life does not consist of an abundance of possessions. Now I want you to to look at this again what does he say what's that first word i want you to read that first sentence with me what watch out. right exactly it's got an exclamation mark watch out if i if if there was a car headed at you and i went watch out right if i said watch out you go Whoosh! you know you jump anybody plays golf jesus yelling four Nobody's looking watch out watch watch out he says what is he telling them to watch out? He says several different things. He he starts with this and he says, watch out. Because number one, there you go, good job, watch out. We got, see, he's got it now, watch out. He says, be on guard against all kinds of greed. It's kind of, remember the other week we were talking about, you know, just about anger and he's listing it. And he gets to a point and he says, and all kinds of anger, all kinds of resentment, all kinds. It's like... Jesus just says, watch out on every kind of ounce of greed. All kinds of greed. Watch out for it. What is he talking about? He's talking about greed in your time. He's talking about greed with your stuff. My stuff is my stuff. And he's talking about greed with your finances. And I'm going to add one more, and I'm going to talk about one more at the end of this service. But what he says here is he says, be on guard against that. Because it's going to affect you. And then he adds this next thing, which I think is a major major difference for the way I think in 21st century and the way the majority of the world, uh, at least the majority of this country does. He says, life does not consist of an abundance of possessions. Anybody ever heard? He who dies with the most toys still dies, right? <laughs> with lots of toys. Um, so, you don't, and so, but he who dies with the most toys, many people said wins. Wins what? And that's a mentality that is put into us. But, as you said, they die. We don't take any of it with us. And if we do, somebody will probably dig us up and take it. If we tried. I, I think about all the, the history uh, of years and the pharaohs and everybody who packed their tomb full of riches and stuff. And guess what? Now they're all gone. We don't... Pack it away and take it with us. So what is, what else is, what is Jesus trying to say to that? Well, here's the good news. The good news that Jesus says, those things won't make you happy, won't bring you the abundance of life. And so, sadly, many people believe that our self-worth is tied into our monetary worth anymore. And so let's look at this. The good news is, there's, a, there's what? There's an app for that, right? And he, here's the app in the scripture. And it comes from 1 Timothy chapter 6, verse 17 through 19. And let's look at this up here. Command those who are rich in this present world not to be arrogant nor to put their hope in wealth, which is so uncertain, but to put their hope in God who richly provides us with everything for our enjoyment. Command them to be good, to be rich in good deeds, and to be generous and willing to share. We'll pick up the next verse in a little bit. Right here is where we have the app. The app for greed is I generosity. It is to be generous. Isn't that what the scripture says? Be generous. He's warned us against all kinds of greed. So the app that we have for greed is to be generous. In America, we have so much. Compared to the rest of the world, we are all extremely wealthy. Compared to the rest of the world. It, compared to the rest of the world, we have a lot of time that others don't. That, that is freedom time. Although we increasingly fill it with more and more things. And we have more stuff than the rest of the world. And we are blessed in, to live in such an awesome country. And, but Jesus tells us that greed is like that girl at the table. It starts off nice and cute. And then before you know it, it's, rawr, and it's you know, belching at you and throwing food at you. We, it, it can foster, it can grow, it can expand, and it can continue. The app for greed is generosity generosity breaks the grip of greed in our lives. It, you know, wouldn't it be cool Is if, you know, all these things, I was thinking about this this week, wouldn't it be really neat if, if, that, if I wanted to deal with jealousy or wanted to deal with anger I wanted to deal with um, greed, that if I just went to bed at night and said, God, just make me wake up in the morning and not be a greedy person or not be an angry person or not be that way, and then I wake up and I'm like, hey, I'm no longer greedy, I'm no longer angry, I'm no longer jealous. Wouldn't that be neat but guess what? God didn't make it that easy for me. Um, it may be easy, that easy for you. He could if he wanted to. But in generosity is something that I think is in many places a dying art. So we need to get rid of greed to live. In order to get rid of greed, we've got to live a generous life. So let's look at these symptoms that we talked about earlier and add generosity to them and see what, see what it looks like. My time my time if i apply the i generosity app to my time i'm going to see several things you know what's really interesting in our culture it seems that we've entered a point where actually our time is more valuable than our money our time is more valuable than money i'll give you i'll give you an instance um we will give away money just so we don't have to apply time to it. And you know, it's funny, I'm preparing for this sermon, and yesterday I, I, was, uh, I was getting something out of the shed, and I put, I, I think like a shovel or something, and I put it in, and I turn around and I look at the back of my house, and it's covered with like that moss stuff because I needed to power wash it, and I don't have a power washer, uh, although my neighbor's been awesome and let me borrow it several times, and, uh, and other people, I will, I'm free to borrow it. But um, you know, what happened was... I looked at the house, and, I, and my first thought was this. wonder who I can hire to power wash the back of my house so I don't have to waste my valuable time to do it, right? Now, I think it's awesome that people do those different things, but there are so many different areas in life. Now, some things I don't have a clue about, and thankfully people do, and I'm glad that they do that so I can pay them um, if I can get the money together to pay them. But my immediate thought was, I don't want to take my valuable time to stand out there and go, Shh, and to have my back hurt me by the end. I'd much rather pay somebody to do it. You see what I mean? Is that prevalent in our culture that we don't want to take time; we'd rather throw money in something. or mission trips or missionaries that have come into churches. We don't want to have to go to Outer Swabovia, so we will throw dimes and quarters and money at them so that they go away and just do it. And then we say, whew, I don't have to go there. Right? And often we live in this area where our time in our country is more valuable than even our dollars. And it's interesting, because I think it's one of the only areas that's done that. One of the things that bothers me, and somebody's going to get after me about this, is the concept of bakeless bake sales. Anybody heard of these things? Anybody have heard of it? Who has never heard of a bakeless bake sale? Okay, good. I'm going to share with you what a bakeless bake sale is. A bakeless bake sale says, I would do a bake sale, but I don't want to make anything, so just give me the money you would if I had brownies for you. Anybody ever seen these things? I'm like, at least give me a brownie. You know what I mean? And I've always thought, Somebody had to really think, I don't want to spend any time putting Betty Crocker in the oven, but I want your money. And some people say, here, so I don't have to deal with it, you know. And it's it's just one of those concepts, bakeless bake sales. Um, and one of the things is, there are some good areas uh, of, of life. Like, I mean, there's people who paint, and I can't paint where they squat. And it, if I do, it's all over the house. And I thank God for painters, uh, you know, and things like that. There's some awesome people who know how to do things. It's good. And I'm not begrudging this at all. But what I want to do is look at how just a little bit of greed in our time can also creep into our faith in our church. We're in, in the area of serving. I can't tell you how many times over the years I've met people who are distraught in their lives and everything is not right. They don't, they don't have the family that they want. They don't have the relationship they want. They don't have the peace that they want in life. And they are clamoring to just really connect to God in a special way. And they, they tell me about the desire that they have to grow closer to God, the desire to get closer in the Scripture and to do that. And then they'll, they'll say and do the right things and then all of a sudden... Something else ends up in their lives. And before you know it, they're not showing up as much. They're not talking to me about the need to connect to God as much. They're not wanting to get in studies as much. And they'll say, you know, I'm just really busy right now. When really what the heart of the matter is, I have reallocated my time to make me And what I have more important, and God that you desired so much, you put over here and said it's not part of my schedule. I've gotten greedy with my time apart from God, right? And so we have this element of greed that we exist here, and and so we need to look at that. Look at what it says, if your secret plans, now I'm not saying, I know that our schedules are full, I know that, but if our secret plan is to never give God our time, then you're a greedy person with your time. If our secret plan is just to say, I'm never going to get, I'm going to keep doing this to get God away so I don't have to give my time to God, then we'll have that. We say, our time, my time is too valuable. I've actually had people say, my time is too valuable. And when we, when we look at this, in 1 Timothy verse 18, let's look at this again. 1 Timothy verse 18, I have it printed in your bulletin under my time. He says, command them, meaning command the uh, the people that he talked about, command them to do good and be rich in what? Good deeds, good deeds. As you're doing, that's your time. That's giving of your time. That's serving. Um, and so that, that is an awesome, awesome way to serve. If you really want to work, if you, think you're, if you even have a, a, a thought that you may be a little bit greedy in, this, in, in your time, here's a great thing to do. Serve somebody who cannot do anything in return for you. Just serve somebody, some way. Just reach out and serve them in a way, you know. And and just it, and see what God what God does to you there. Um, so it's pretty awesome. Next thing is, my stuff is my stuff. Uh, my stuff. If we apply generosity to my stuff, what happens here? Does anybody? Anybody have stuff that you you have that if you know, like for instance, any anybody golf. Like if you had that new set of golf clubs and your neighbor comes over, I've always been wanting to try that. There's this public course down there. It has a lot of rocks. Can I borrow your clubs? You're going to say, sure. Or somebody who's had several accidents says, hey, um, can I borrow your new car and ride down the road? And you go, oh, <laughs> right? Like that. I've, ble- I've been really blessed um, by people who've let me borrow stuff in life. You know, like when my, when my car blew up, a couple years ago. Fred was awesome. They were going on vacation. He said, here, take my truck and you can use it while we're going. I was like, really? It was great. I loved it. I was like, this is cool, you know? My na- then when Fred came home, my neighbor said, hey, I got, I got my truck here. If you want, go ahead and use it. And I was like, I wonder if I can keep doing this for like years. <laughs> You know, <laughs> you know that's the first thought in our minds, isn't it? I mm, wonder if I can work this. Anybody else got a car? And I think Mike and Tina said, hey, our son's away. You can borrow their car. I was like, wow, well, I, can, I can really make this work, you know? That's greed, right? You know, I like people letting me borrow stuff. I don't have to pay the bills, right? It's good. But, you know, what, what I did is I started to reverse that. What if those people needed a car and mine's out there and I go, eh, sure, but... You can take melissa's van <laughs> got 160,000 miles on it enjoy right or we have we have stuff that we like to hold on to us and i realize in my life there are some things some stuff that i have that if somebody came and started you know what i mean like if if my my laptop my mac was there and somebody sat down and started going oh let me check this out i'd be like don't touch or if even my kids. My kids know. They, if my wife's phone is there, they will pick it up. They will play it. They'll get snot on it, whatever it takes. If mine is sitting right in front of them, they know. Do not touch daddy's phone. By penalty of torture and death. Right? That's, that's how they know. My, my computer can be sitting on the table. They won't come near it. Melissa's will be locked away. They'll unzip it. They'll pick it up and take it. You know why? Because she is sharing with them, and Daddy doesn't share with his kids like that. It's true. And if there is a drink in an eight-mile radius, look out. Here comes the sermon from last week. Anger, get away! Right? And when we look at this, my stuff, I put so much into my stuff I put so much effort into my stuff. And if you want to know if you've got a problem with greed like I do, what's that one thing if somebody has to borrow you you would go, ah! That's your stuff that you love. You know, think about this. I heard a, a, a pastor friend of mine say this. If you can't loan it, don't own it. Isn't that big? If you can't loan it, don't own it. You know? I love my... My tailor, guitar here. I mean, somebody picks it up, I go, ah. Right? Because I know my wife will not let me buy another one. <laughs> you know what I mean? But I, I look at that. But it's just stuff. It's just stuff that I'm going to leave for five kids to fight over. Or to just be thrown out. You know, there's been so much stuff over the years that I wanted and I loved and I cared about and I, and I embraced and I held dear to me. And it just gets thrown out on a heap. Or gets sent somewhere. Just stuff. It's not about stuff. Look at what the scripture says here in the rest of, of 2 Timothy, uh, 1 Timothy 6, 18. He, first he said, Command them to do good and be rich in yeeds and be generous, there's that app, and be willing to what? Share. This is a problem for when we're little kids. You don't believe me? Get a couple of those little kids who were playing over here, plop them here, and give them one or two toys in a group of three and see what happens. <clears throat> And there's always one who's like grabbing them all right we don't like to share it's not part of our nature but it is part of god's nature share most of us have struggled with this for years okay my money if i'm generous with my money let's let's take a look at this the average american the average american gives away 2.1% of their money the average american gives 2.1% that is Two dollars and ten cents to charities, to churches, to other things. Two dollars and ten cents on the hundred dollars. Okay? Everybody got that? Two dollars and ten cents for the average American. Now, here's here's the news. For the average Christian, the average believer, it it really changes a lot here. It is 2.3%. So those of us who love the Lord and believe that God supplies all our needs and things, we give two dimes more than the average American. Now, not everybody—I realize that—not everybody. But did that jolt you at all? And I start—I started looking at this. I was like, "Eh, you know, really?" A church, a person of faith and trust in God—two dimes. They trust God. 20 cents more than somebody who has no clue or no care about God at all in their lives. And as I began to, to look at this, I began to say, you know, look at my own life compared with the stuff and the time. And and I, you know, and a lot of times I'll, I'll justify by tithing or whatever and I'll say, well, but God, you've given me so much. I haven't been as generous as you would love me to be with my finances that you bless my family with. Now, I'm not trying to say anything more than, than the bottom line is we have some issues in this area of greed, don't we? Not many of us came in here and said, I'm a greedy person. I had a discussion yesterday. They said, well, I might not be greedy. I give everything. I give the shirt off my back. I give this. I just give stuff away. I said, what about your time? And they were like, what? What about this? You know? I mean, there's areas that we, I think there's areas that we all have so many symptoms, and I think one of the reasons why we have so much problem in giving away in these areas, and particularly in, in, in money, is because we are so blessed. We live in a country that is so blessed. And because we are the silver Olympian looking up, rather than being the bronze and looking at the rest of the world and saying, wow, we are blessed. Look at it, you know, here's one of the things. One of the things that we find out is, a lot, and usually what happens when we have these discussions and I do it too, is we'd say, I'd love to give more, but I'm nervous or I'm afraid that. And what we find out is that greed sprouts from fear. And I think the reason why there's ten, 20 cents difference is because we just don't trust God enough in our lives to reach out and to step out in those areas that we should. You know, what we find out is if we have more money, we tend to be more hopeful. You know, Anybody here who would love to win the lottery? I would. Am I going to lie? I'd be, I'd be like, yeah, ching you know? <laughs> I'd be like, yeah. And, you know, I always try to convince God that that would work. You know, God, you, the church, really good. You know, God, you know, I would help people, and I would. I would. There's, there's my nature. But God knows me. And he knows I'd have, like, a a screen the size of my house on the side, you know? I mean, God knows me. So, I, so that we could all watch the Super Bowl then, you know, and I could be miserable that the Eagles aren't in it. All right, you know, but we could do that. And God knows that there's a part of me in my nature. Rick Warren, the pastor of um, Saddleback Church who wrote The Purpose Driven Life, said the biggest uh, detriment or the thing that was the most challenging in all his years of ministry was not poverty. It was instant wealth. When he sold the first layer of the purpose-driven life, he became an instant millionaire. He won the lottery. And you know what what he did? He and his wife sat down, they prayed, and they said, we are not going to let this control us. We're not going to let it change us. And here's what they did. They went ahead and they agreed not to change everything. They were going to keep the same old truck. They were going to keep the same house. They were going to keep the same everything. They went, they turned to the church and paid back 20 plus years of salary. That's a lot of money he got from a book, am I right? Paid back 20 years of salary to the church. Said, I am no longer taking a salary from the church. And they became reverse tithers. What they did, they began to live off of 10% of what they made and gave away 90%. He said, I'm not, you know, and in his own being, he had the right to do it. He wrote it, but he said, I am not going to let this control me because I know what it can do to me. And he changed his heart and his mind. I said, God knows Jack would be like, "Mm," right? But that shows the growth of God. That's a generous heart in your life. He also set up a peace plan to deal with AIDS and, and everything around the world. Affecting many, many people in your life. Look at what the scripture says here in 1 Timothy 6, 17. Here's what it says. Command those who are rich in this present world not to be arrogant, nor to put their hope in wealth, which is uncertain, but to put their hope in God. The question that we need to ask as Christians, where is our hope? Is it in what we achieve and in our own wealth? and i know we work hard and I'm, I'm 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 pleased about that but where is our hope and here's you know here is the applied app of generosity and how it will influence you if you have greed in the area of your money you ready for this one we don't like it if you want to break the grip that the greed of money has on your life write a check Something or someone that can't repay it. To a nonprofit, to a church, to a, an individual. Pay somebody's heating bill for the month. Yes, in this cold. And see if that doesn't put your hope in God and change somebody's lives. Pay for somebody's gas at the gas station. I did a ser- sermon series years ago on the fruits of the Spirit, and it was something little like I told people just to go through uh, a pay toll when you used to stop without going through, you know, um, with the easy pass, and pay for the, people like, five people behind you. And you'll see people stick their head out the window like, what the heck? You know, and the person's like, oh, you know them? I'm like, no. You know, just keep on. Or ask the person at at cash register, what's your favorite candy bar. What's your favorite drink? What do you think? Say, I want to know. And they go ahead and they say, oh, I like this. And then you you buy it. You say, okay, cool. You buy it and you give it to them. You know, generosity. Okay. Just passing, passing it on. Is our, nothing illuminates who we trust more than where we spend our money. It forces us to face our deepest fears. And with a family as large as mine, there's been plenty of times in life where I've been afraid. I'm not going to make it every time. God has been faithful every time. So I want to ask you, as we uh, we start start to go down, there's one other thing that I think that we're greedy with, and it takes care of everything. My life. My life. Statistically here, ladies, you're going to live to 78 plus or minus. I mean, 80, 80 plus or minus. Men, 78. You can figure out why that is. I'm not going to even get into that discussion. But um, 78 to 80. That's how many years we have on earth. Last time I did the math, I'm on borrowed time. I'm heading down the other side of the mountain. What do I want my life to be? Do I want my life to be just, I lived, I raised, I made, I stored away, I died? Or do I want my life to be something that affects people in the world for Jesus Christ? Who is my hope in? Do I want to be a greedy miser all my life with my time, with my stuff, with my finances, and with my entire life? You know, last night, I recognized something interesting. I was working, and as I was working, I went upstairs, and my kids were all in like, their kind of own realm, FaceTiming or doing something with, with some other people. And I was downstairs, and I came up, I came up uh, stairs, and Rachel was kind of sitting in the room herself, and I was down there, and I thought... You know, on my deathbed, I don't want to look back at moments where they were all spread around the house and I got to spend time staring at a computer watching a television when I could have spent time with them. Maybe my life, that the things I think is so vastly important in my life really don't matter a hill of beans when it comes to the fact that I want to spend more time with my children. I want to spend more time with my God. I want to spend more time with the people of God. And I want to spend time, as we started the service today, reaching people for Jesus. We waste a lot of time in life, and nobody on their deathbed said, I wish I would have worked more. Nobody on their deathbed said, I wish I would have ignored you more. Everybody wants to ask the question, was I a good father? Was I a good husband? Was I a good pastor? Was I a good uh, friend? And those things, why ask the question when we're dying? Why not know that for sure by spending time with each other and dedicating our lives to God and each other? Amen? All right. So one last question. I want to ask you this last question as, um, uh, and, be, and I'm going to give this verse of Scripture, in this way they will lay up treasure for themselves as a firm foundation for the coming ages so that they may take hold of the life that is truly theirs. You want to take hold of that life, that abundant life? Well, I want to ask you, what is your posture? When it comes to greed, what is your posture? Are you open-handed? You know, it's, if I throw something at you, if I throw something and your hands are like this, you can catch it. But if I'm like that monkey... And I've already got my hand on my stuff or my time or my, you know, my, my money and I've got it like this. I can't ever receive any blessings God has for me. And So what's your posture here today? Is your posture saying, God, I, I want to live the life. I want to take hold of that life that it says in that verse back there. I want to take hold of the life that is truly life in you. And I've got to let go of some stuff in my life, whether it be emotionally, whether it be physically, whether, whatever it may be. It's hard to grab something when our fists are clenched. So Today, during this time, our prayer time, as the praise team comes up, I want you to just kind of keep, as, as a symbol where you are, please stand where you are right now. Just keep your hands open. I know it's cold. Don't clench them together. Just keep them open. If you have to, go like this. <laughs> okay. But just kind of say, Good God, I want you to just minister to me. Bow with me for a prayer. Lord God, we thank you for your presence here. Greed is a tough thing to talk about, God one of the most awesome things in the world is that you've given us that app for that in your word. And that app is simply generosity. Help us be more generous. Help us be more loving of others. As we're going from point A to point B and as our schedules are so busy anymore, God, let us us dedicate that time to you and not to ourselves or not to anyone else. And God, just um, be with us during this time. Whether it's greed, whether it's anger, whether it's jealousy. Whatever it may be, God, we just want to, be your, we want to be who you want us to be. And so, Lord, during this time, as the altars open and we come and, and bow down before you, getting rid of some stuff and letting go of those things we may have held on to years, hurt, pain, resentment, whatever it may be, that, God, you may be new in our lives and, and, and give us an awesome experience of your Holy Spirit to get, let us take hold of that life, which is the true life, and that's in you that we give you praise. In Jesus' name, Amen.